Well, John, were you disappointed not to be uh, get the CEO job at Microsoft this week? I was, you know, and the, the, the sad thing is, is, is they didn't even talk to me about who I think should, should, you know, who they should have. That's like, I don't know. I just, I think that Microsoft just simply doesn't, it's as if they don't even know me, as if they'd never heard of me, let alone care. Yeah, I, I find that really hard to believe, John. I mean, I'm surely everybody's heard of you. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I, I, I'll tell you what, I, I'm, I, whether people are interested in Microsoft or not, I think, you know, what Microsoft do affects our industry. And I think I, I'm a firm believer that competition is good. I, I don't think the iPad would have been as good as it's it's got if uh, Android tablets hadn't come around and made sure that it had to remain a premium product and above everything else. So, you know, um, I think strong competitors, uh, other big companies in the business are good for us, even if we don't particularly like their products. But I have to say, you know, this comes back to uh, a little bit of the conversation we we're having about Apple the other week when you know, they posted record quarterly um, earnings and the analysts were still disappointed. You know, it's the as soon as you become a public company, the expectations on you are just ridiculous because, yes, Microsoft, they're not the company they once were. Their market cap is not as big as it once was. Um, you know, but they're still making a shitload of money every single year. They're a really profitable company, and it's like, yeah, everyone's talking about like that. There's like the no hopers and dead. Yeah, right. I know. It's eventually, but it's it's kind of amusing to 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 see how the mighty have fallen in such a short amount of time. You know, because there there was a time, and Paul Graham wrote an interesting blog post about it. The time when when Microsoft was like universally feared. And then he kind of said, at some point he said, nah, they're over. And he said it so long ago that at the time people said, no, you're crazy. But he, he did pretty accurately predict, you know, their, their fall into irrelevance. You can be irrelevant in many ways and still make lots of money. But, but I'm, I mean, I've worked in the Microsoft world for a long, long time. Um, I didn't come to the Mac until 2006 um, as a user. And I didn't really start developing for the Mac until um, probably late 2007, uh, mid-2007. And I was still doing some Windows work. So it was probably 2009-ish by the time I actually stopped doing Windows work altogether as a developer. Um, and it was, I don't know, if you've been around, um, everyone thinks you know, Microsoft uh, Windows Vista was terrible. And that's because it was completely terrible. Um, but the reason it was terrible was because they'd set out after developing XP, which I think they just withdrew support for recently. So XP is about 12 years old now. And they set out on this grandiose project that was was just enormous. It was going to be the OS of OSs. And some of the stuff they were, I think it was uh, codenamed Longhorn at the time. Mm. And the uh, they were just put everything. And then eventually, you know, it, it, in some ways they began to fall and they took their eye off the ball um, they had this sort of five to six year period where they didn't really bring out anything of any significance because actually they set out on this huge project that they were just then failing to deliver. And, you know, there's maybe a message in there that sometimes, you know, they, they were being adventurous. Everyone calls them boring, but actually maybe being adventurous was not a good thing for them at the time. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, well, if you got a cash cow, you kind of have to keep it as a cow. You can't then switch from a cash cow to a goose that lays golden eggs to stretch a, a metaphor. But I mean, I think that's the thing is you get you get trapped in a particular line. I mean, they were they were so used to saying, you know, the, the Windows desktop, or, you know, desktop computer always would be the, the thing. And it's in, in, in a way, it's as, it's as short sighted as, as, you know, IBM saying, you know, only mainframes are real computers until, you know, mini computers came along. And then even those people said, you know, that in the days of Sun and HP workstations, like, you know, the only way to get real work done is, is on a workstation. If you want to do 3D or medical imaging or whatever, you know, you can't rely on a, on a crappy little desktop, and and now an iPad has a has far greater graphics capacity than a, than an SGI workstation, which was top of the line and used for doing special effects, not all that many years ago. But you brought up Microsoft, but anyway, say what you want to say. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, it's this, and I agree with what you're saying. And Microsoft's move into mobile with uh, Windows Phone. Um, whatever it's called, um, the Surface tablets has been pretty terrible. But yeah, we're talking like there is, yeah, there is a huge market out there that Microsoft still absolutely dominate, and that's that's the world of business computing, mm -hmm. where you know, you, you go to any, um, uh, you know, large IT um, manager or director of a large company, and you know, say to him, you know, or her, uh, you know. Would you ever consider going to the Mac? And they say, you know, are you kidding? You want me to roll out 10,000 Macs, you know, <laughs> with the tool set there is for that? That's that's just never going to happen. And, you know, so, you know, there's this dominance in the corporate and a big thing, that which is still a bucket load of money. And I know quite a few people have been talking about this week in our industry. I know you said Gruber had a post, which I haven't read. And um, Sarah Kusa and Armand were talking about it on the accidental tech podcast that you know there's still an area that they can dominate and they do dominate and they could they could still focus on that and, and, and still make an awful lot of money and it would still make windows a reality in a lot of people's lives well so but that's an interesting thing because in this particular case you're like saying well i can't roll out other machines because you know because of i have all all these tools available for doing it but then you think well why do they have computers on desktops and this is something sun and scott mcneely were, were going on about many many years ago you know that 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 the, the purpose of desktop computing is to to run a relatively small number of, of productivity applications, also office productivity, word processing, presentations, spreadsheets, that kind of stuff, and then some internal corporate apps. And then kind of fast forward several years after that, and you know there was the the so-called Netscape platform, and they said that eventually you'd be able to write web apps that do all those different things. And 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 everybody kind of hemmed and hawed. And I'm not going to kind of open up that that you know can of worms again but there are a lot of kind of basic productivity apps now that that a browser is perfectly capable of doing i mean i i personally am not a big kind of you know word processing jockey or or, or spreadsheet jockey or any of those different things but i you know we do at the, our office use google docs quite a bit to to be able to, to you know keep notes or say here's a product plan or whatever and to have it shareable and it, it, it works pretty well and I've actually noticed that the design of it has gotten simpler and better as in the same way that a lot of Google products have become simple and better I haven't looked at, at Microsoft's online you know uh, uh, office productivity apps but I actually think that there that, that there is a distinction to be made to be able to say you know Microsoft could credibly say we are the services company and, and we don't care whereas it used to be everything was done to preserve Windows but Windows is, as as the OS is something of the price that just kept going to zero. I mean, even even before you had you know the rise of of desk, uh, of kind of mobile computing, 
there was certain downward pressure so that, that, that where Microsoft has always made their money is, is an office and, and access and, and, and some of their backend stuff, but it, not so much the OS. The OS was kind of given away for free. So if they were to say, we don't care about the OS anymore, Windows, we make one, it's great. But you know, if you want to use Mac or you want to use a mobile device or whatever, we'll provide a, a, a bevy of services, whether it's low level of you know, your, your data securely in the, in the cloud, whether it's corporate stuff or, or your own private stuff, and a packet of various services that you can turn on, kind of so-called utility computing. That seems to me something that Microsoft could credibly do because it's it's it, they they have never made their money for from selling advertising on it, and they've never successfully made their money on on hardware. So they they're not kind of going against the DNA of their company, and 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 so then you say, well, why on earth are you as an indie you know developer podcast even talking about this? And, and the the reason why Gruber's post kind of uh, whatever struck my my eye is that. As a developer, you know, having worked on Memory Miner all those years, one of the things that I really wanted that I sorely missed was the ability to say, here is for for a user, kind of by virtue of being a citizen of a platform, gets you know a, a good chunk of storage and the and and developers get the right to work with that stuff in, in a way that makes sense. And Apple kind of completely backed off from that. And I would kind of, if anybody from Microsoft is actually listening, I as an indie developer, and I think other ones like me, would be happy if, if a system that, that was consumer friendly for saying, here's my digital stuff securely stored on the internet, and a way of saying, I, I grant trust to, to this trusted developer to be able to access it. Thinking about, like, for instance, photos or videos and, and metadata and, and, and basic sharing capabilities. I would I would love for that to exist, particularly if it was a way that I didn't have to worry about the billing aspect of it. So that somebody says I'm more than happy to pay in the same way that I pay for for cable or internet access. I'll pay X dollars per month to be able to to know my stuff is securely available, and then have software as a service from whichever software companies, big or small, that that I trust. So Microsoft's go make that. And and Gruber's specific comment was it was a take on on you know Microsoft's original uh, what do you call it? their slogan was whatever you know a computer on every desktop with with Microsoft software running on their computer. And so he's saying, well, the new Microsoft phrase could be whatever you know Microsoft products and services touching every connected device on the internet, something along those lines. So that's here's my vote of of upvote for the, for that idea. It's interesting, isn't it, that here is a company that achieved its vision, which is really unusual. Mm. You know, often these these mission statements that come out of companies are usually just such bullshit that you know they're uh, unreachable. But you know, Gates said, "I want a, I want a, a computer on everybody's desk," and you know, he did it. Yeah. Um, and it was it was almost like um, once they'd done it, they lost their way. Yeah. But it's, so, do you, do you think? Um, so we'll, we'll move off this in a minute because it's probably not of a lot of interest to most people who listen to us. But you know, do you think the fact they've um, but the new CEO is the guy that comes from the Azure services. He's the director there, is my understanding. You know, is there a little bit of he was the best guy for the job or he's the guy who's been running for the last few years the things that they see as Microsoft's future and therefore that makes sense? I think he was the best guy available. But I mean, that, that's, and that's just my wild guess. I really, you know, I, I don't follow Microsoft all that closely, but I I do kind of imagine that there, there seem to be two models for, for if you feel that you need radical changes in your organization. You know, one model is to say, get somebody from the outside to bring a breath of fresh air. So I mean, like, okay, well, Yahoo has, has been doing that with uh, Marissa Meyer. And she's been good in, in, in obviously many ways, and, and but the jury's still out, but, but she came from the outside. In the case of Microsoft, 
because they're so entrenched in what they're doing, I, I kind of wonder, were people beating down the doors to say, oh, I want to be the CEO of Microsoft because I have this great new vision. I think that they're, that you would need to have somebody who, who is, has, has done well at what they've done and also understands how Microsoft culture works for, for including the good, bad, and ugly. So I think from that point of view, it made sense. Right, so I think we'll move on from there, John. Yep. But before we do that, let's just talk about this week's show sponsor, which again is Briefs uh, from our friends at Martian Craft. Um, you can find out about Briefs at giveabrief.com. Uh, effectively, Briefs is a, a Mac app that allows uh, you as a developer and your designer to to put together your mobile app for iPad or for, for uh, the iPhone and to do your screen layouts. But not just that, but to do the uh, transitions between screens, to have you know a button press, move things to another screen, and then you can actually uh, load that onto the Briefs app on a device and give that to a client or someone who's running the project. And you just not only get to see what the app's going to look like, but to feel uh, what the workflow is like, which is actually, I think, just as important as, uh, uh, as what it looks like. We talk about you know, sort of um, UI design, but equally we're talking about user experience here. And... Uh, most people um, really do, in my experience anyway, really do struggle to um, comprehend uh, just a description of something. And then I think equally, they fail to comprehend what something feels like just from what it looks like. So taking your design into not only the look, but the feel um, that it has, I think it, it can save you hours of rework, save you hours of realizing you've got this wrong and so really can, can pay off and it should be something that people look at as part of their their design philosophy can i so go ahead yes go ahead go well ahead. i was going to say that you know uh uh there's been a, a number of, of of ux reviews done of, of findery and we we learned something had something pointed out to us that after it's pointed out by somebody you know who's looking at the app for the first time for whom it's so obvious you realize why you need this kind of stuff and this was specifically for dealing with a case of, you know, do you does your app or your service kind of exist? Does it require logged in users, right? So, I mean, you know, many things that want to say, you know, you can look at, at the content, but if you want to create it, you have to, we have to know who you are. So you have to log in. That's the case with Findery. And it's the case with a lot of different apps, even in the, in the case of, for instance, in-app purchases, where you deal with the fact of, let's say that you have a tabbed interface and we do. Right, so you tap on a tab, and let's say that the tab controls a, a view that that is only for for logged in users, right? And we had that, and what we were doing, which was kind of dumb, <laughs> so don't do this, kids, is we would put up a panel saying, you know, this requires you to log in, and it was it was it was it was pointed out to us that it breaks the convention of using a tabbed interface that you have to go to the tab first, and so we were able to then change it, and was obvious for it. This is exactly the type of thing that that briefs and just kind of it, it, it would be very good for and and even if if you weren't using briefs and 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 briefs is a great product uh you know this is the type of, of thing you have to think very very carefully about things that you can't see because you're you're in it because the reason that we can't see it is because of course we want to log in right away and, and so you know and and we we just we were never kind of confronted for it because as developers or even power users of the product the first thing we do when we when we load the application startup is like okay i want to log in and then you don't see it and and I would I would point out that when you have a tool or you're in this kind of prototyping phase and you have different ways of, of accessing your app or your platform, make sure you 
continuously check how it looks for first-time users. And you, you, you have to maintain that beginner's mind. Otherwise, you're, you're in for a kind of nasty surprise when, when you could be fairly late in the game. Yeah, that, that's really true. And, and that's a great uh, sort of a story that really sort of helps promote the product. So that yeah. works really quite well, I'm sure. They'd be very happy with that, John. Yeah. So that's uh, Briefs from Martian Craft. You can give a brief.com. And uh, thanks, guys, for sponsoring the show. Uh, it's 199 bucks and um, worth every single cent. So, John, um, I, I want to talk about something else that people may wonder, why are we talking about this when you're a developer podcast? But I think um, the reason it struck me, I want to talk a little bit about the 37 Signals story this week. Mm. That um, uh, they suddenly their homepage on their website uh, just said, "Look, look, guys, we've we've grown so much over the last you know however many years. We've we've done all these great products, but over this time now, we realise that this one product, um, Basecamp, that we've been developing is by far the most popular. It's the one we love the most." Um, so yeah, we're going to try and sell the other ones and we're going to look after them. We're not going to take any new users on for now. And, and we're just going to become a one product company. And, uh, you know, that sort of, um, uh, we did two things really. First of all, I was a campfire user, um, and campfire's fine and it was going to be sold on, but it just made me, uh, go out and have a look at some other stuff and, uh, found a new service called Slack, which I've been trying out this week, which is really, really cool. So if you're looking for a, a way of your team keeping in touch across the internet and in whatever else um uh slack we'll put the link in the show notes it's, it's really cool nice nice web interface great ios client great mac client um and ipad client so you know go take a look but anyway it was um it struck me because there was an awful lot of uh iOS developers who throw three, four, five, six products out there in an attempt to try and get a market. Um, but then, you know, they, they might find themselves in this situation. So just, yeah, I, I didn't know if you'd had any thoughts on this or what you thought. You know, it, it, it's obviously a brave move for them, eggs in one basket. But I should imagine, you know, Basecamp must be producing, you know, 10x the revenue of any of the other products or something that, that they're making this decision. And I know um, recently Gus Muller did the same with... Um, uh, Acorn became his only product mm. because he had, you know, Voodoo Pad was the one he was f famous for initially, and yeah, but he made a probably what was a, for a solo developer a very very tough call of giving away, not giving away, getting rid of his baby to someone else to focus on the thing that was most giving it life. And I, I, I don't know, did it make you think about anything? Yeah, I mean, we've seen this before in the industry. I mean, it is very common to to, to kind of smooth out the product cycle by having multiple products, and that it definitely works up to a time. But I think you have to figure out what 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 your DNA, what your passion is, and if if you have products that are 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 pretty different. I mean, I think Voodoo Pad is is very very different from from Acorn. Um, I think it makes sense to be able to decide. Hey, I really like this the most, you know. And and it, you know, it, you know, people refer to softwares like, well, it's like my baby, and it's not. And you you would never say, you know, you have multiple kids. Well, I'm going to focus on this one, unless you're, you're like Barbara Barbara Bush. And <laughs> just kidding, um, you know, uh, you know, you at some point it makes sense to do it. And you know, in the whole desktop publishing world, and that's what I kind of rose in when when I got interested in, in desktop computing. There was this product called Quark Express, and everybody referred to the product as Quark. Even the company was called Quark. The product was called Express. Nobody called the, the product Express. They just referred to it as Quark. So it was kind of the opposite. But, it, it, you know, sometimes in branding, 
you just have to very you know simply listen to your users because I'm sure you know most people had no idea who the hell thirty seven signals were, but they they very well may you know might 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 be familiar with Basecamp, right? And 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 similarly, you know there was Federal Express. Nobody would say Federal Express. Right, I mean, and and part of the problem was when Federal Express became a global brand, it was very difficult and and kind of embarrassing for for people, you know, in in certain countries to pronounce it federal. So they just and, and so people were just paying, you know, calling it FedEx, and and Silicon Graphics Incorporated. Nobody called it that; they called it SGI. In those particular two cases, oddly enough, there's a company in San Francisco called Landor, which is the like the number one branding agency in the world, and they were paid a million dollars to tell. <laughs> Tell their clients what 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 their customers were already telling them that your brand is FedEx, even though you called yourself Federal Express. You're FedEx. It's kind of similar to Simon Wolf. I mean, Simon Wolf thinks he's Simon Wolf, but he's really not. He is, you know, <laughs> something else. Sometimes you just have to to kind of listen. I'm really not sure what to say about that. And Simon, you just threw me off there. I'm trying to think of his names. I think it's um. It's that ability to uh, um, sort of focus and realize that this is the way forward. It's quite an important thing, and I and I do I do think some indie developers do. I've got no problem with people developing five or six products or three products or two products and trying to find a niche in a market. Um, yeah, because let's face it, if Gus had just stuck with Voodoo Pad, I'm sure he would never have been as successful and uh, become the mightily rich man he is now. <laughs> I have no idea if he's yeah. rich or not. Um, you know, it, because Acorn really took off and become really, really popular, and that's probably started as a side project. I, um, and there, but you know, it's so developing multiple products, but that that willingness to sort of triage and 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 say nothing is permanent. Everything is always. Uh, fluid and flexible, I think is a really important asset to have as a, a an indie developer to make sure you're making the right choice for you, uh, the right choice for your users. Um, I mean, I like the fact that 37Signal said, look, we will support these products until we find a home for them. Um, we're not going to close them, but we're not going to take any new users. Um, we will still do maintenance. So we're not going to, we're not just going to leave you in the lurch, but equally we are going to you know, be very open and honest with you and say, you know, as far as we're concerned, these are no longer products that we are passionate about and that we're going to take forward. Um, so if you're going to stick with them, that's great. That's cool. That's, that's, that's amazing. But you know, don't expect too much from us. And I think it was just, you know, it's, it just really should make us as, as indie developers think about our strategies when we, when we're doing multiple products. Indeed. Indeed. So it's been the first one week of review cast now, uh, working on it. Let's, uh, let, let's just say the, the response has been, it's been pretty positive, but the, the usage has been a trickle. So um, I haven't had a chance to really test if my, my load balancing uh, <laughs> server setup works in any way at all. <laughs> so <laughs> there's, de there's definitely been no, no mass flood of, uh, of users in there. So, um, <laughs> this is like poor, poor Next Computer never really got to, to, to test whether you know, their, their robotic factory that could produce you know, hundreds, of, hundreds of, of, of pristine cubes every day because they never got the, the business. <laughs> I was looking at some CPU graphs from the server the other day and I thought, oh, there's all these high pi uh, peaks and everything, but of course it, uh, it had scaled itself appropriate to the graph that it was doing <laughs> They, they, they were peaking at sort of, you know, 1% of CPU. <laughs> yes, like yes, but it was a precipitous, you know, climb from zero to one. 
So um, I think it, it might not have helped. I can't actually remember where we spoke about it during the show last week, but it, it did turn out that for a lot of the week, the show seemed to be cutting off at 15 minutes for some people um, after they downloaded it. That's all fixed now, so if, if, if you thought the show was just... Um, uh, 15 minutes of me and John talking and then 15 minutes of silence. Let me assure you, myself and John could never be silent for 15 minutes. So um, you might want to go re-download the show. But I'd appreciate it. People, I, I need people to go try out ReviewCast, ReviewCast.io, where you uh, go and um, get reviews for stuff and, and begin to get some quite good feedback from people who are using it, um, some tweaks, you know, got a few issues of going to try to sort of um, not not showstoppers, but just things to fix. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been a slow first week, so I just want to encourage people to get there, give it a test. Let me see two percent on those CPU graphs. All that's, right, uh, that's that's what I'm looking for. That's the, that's the new hashtag: two percent for Scotty. It's like you know, it's like one percent for justice, or one percent, two percent for for Scotty. <laughs> there we are. Well, we will we will take that up. Oh, so it's um. Uh, John, you're coming over to NS Conference this year, aren't you? I am. I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, I think I've asked you that question all the time. We're not far away now, probably uh, just about a month away. So it's uh, all gearing up. Um, the talks are going up on the website. So if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, check out nsconference.com. Uh, we got absolutely stacks of new people coming this time around. It's been a, uh, the dynamics, the conference dynamic are, are, are really quite strange as you, where you watch over the years that different people come in and different people go out and, and it's, um, I'm sure there's uh, lots of PhD papers on that sort of thing somewhere, but I'm not going to read them much now. So it's, uh, if, um, for those who are coming who've been before, we've got lots of new people for, for you to meet. Um, if you haven't booked your ticket yet, we've got some left. So nsconference.com for, do I dare say it, Europe's premier. Is it premier or premier in the US, John? How would you say it? Premier. Premier, premier, premier. I can't, I can't do premier yeah. for Europe's premier. <laughs> <laughs> Mac in iOS conference, uh, nsconference.com. Check it out. So, so John, how's this week gone for Findery? I know you're not ready to release yet, and we said we probably wouldn't have much, but you're making good progress. We are making good progress, and and I, I'm yes, I'm not allowed to to say things, but uh, uh, our app is is getting final look through. Um, we actually submitted another binary and, and, and it just got uh, uh, approved. So we have something that, that we can ship. Um, but we're, we're going for a, a, another round of polish because we've been given an opportunity to do so. And uh, we're grateful to have it and we're taking that opportunity. Um, and yes, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah, no, so, so um, still a couple of weeks away, are we, from release? Yes. We we actually okay. So yeah. I will ask you each week if we're still a couple of weeks away from release, and we'll see how many times you say yes. Yeah, but uh, that that's the normal. Um, yeah, some um, sort of reasonably exciting news here this week that I can't talk about either. But hopefully by next week I'll be able to talk about it. But um, yeah, I, well, like I said, I've made a software acquisition. So <gasps> you have can't wait to figure out. So that 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 alone should add another couple of percentage points to CPU usage, or at least your you know Scotty CPU usage. Yeah, it just adds another couple of percentage points to my stress factor of trying to get everything done. But there we are. Mm. Uh, I know there's a whole there's a whole bunch of stuff there I'll talk about, where, but um, it's not actually public yet. But uh, um, so I don't want to jump the gun on that. I've got to sort of try and be a respectable professional here um, mm. for the first uh, time in my life. I think we you could say that you are the premier respectable professional <laughs> software developer in in East Twillingham. <laughs> East Twillingham, yes, maybe in East Twillingham. <laughs> but but uh, I live in a town of uh, uh, of just a couple of thousand people, and I'm probably not the most respectable developer even here. So <laughs> it's 
<laughs> there are others far more respectable than me. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll talk about that this uh, next week. So I think I think we'll we'll do a short show. All right. Um, this week, Joe. I don't think there's any point in us waffling on any more than we have, unless you've got anything you want to add to the mix. No, the last thing I wanted to say is that if, in case you were on the fence about why you should go to NS Conference, it's because if even if you didn't care about NS Conference, you should visit Leicester because of its spectacular fried chicken district. And I'll include a link in the show notes so people know what I'm talking about. Historical fried chicken district, I would say. Historical. In American terms, that means anything over about 12 years old, doesn't it? Precisely. <laughs> Right, John, tell us all about uh, where people can find you. Well, you can find me on Twitter as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. You can find out all about my product, Memory Miner, memoryminer.com. And you can find out about my new love, Findery, at findery.com. And my name is Scotty. You can find me on Twitter as MacDevNet, on ADN as Scotty. Uh, you'll find all the show notes for this episode and all the other episodes with the link to everything we've spoken about. Well, the stuff stuff I remember we've spoken about anyway um, at iDeveloper.co. John, it's been an absolute pleasure as usual and um, look forward to chatting with you again next week. And thank you everybody for listening. And until next time, you take care. All right, Mr. Scott.